react if I had to Put some things in the past to And don't let them distract you But react if you have to I'll react if I had to Put some things in the past to And don't let them distract you But react if you have to React if you have to Don't know the time, boy What's up, everybody? This is uh, Chris and Jeff, Pond Ups Anonymous, uh, episode 28. Um, for the four of you that uh, noticed that we didn't have a episode last drop last Monday, um, it's because we were it, it taking a you know a holiday break. It was a Fourth of July weekend, and um, I still have all my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so. Charlie has all his fingers. That's good. So, I'd say it was a successful Fourth uh, of July, the Fourth of July barbecue and fireworks and breather from reality weekend um, for some, for us, I think. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, uh, may not have been such a a breather, but uh, a reminder of some things. So, thought of getting too much into that. Jeff, did you have a nice uh, Fourth? Yeah, man, we. I'm trying to remember what we did. We didn't do anything on the actual 4th of July that was special, but the night before, hung out with some friends. Your sister and brother-in-law were... My condolences. The, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, and, and uh, you know, social distance outside party. It was fun. Yeah, good, man. Their kids all um, played with sparklers, which I thought is so hilarious that huh. we let kids play with that stuff compared to the other ways we're so, like helicopter parent over them <laughs> but here let, here's some fire in your hand on yeah yeah burning metal uh-huh <laughs> nothing could go wrong there no not at all so that's funny because as you as you're uh rapidly approaching um yes yeah months away uh, always months away though right <laughs> right well you, you, like i said it, the clock started um you just gotta, because you know she's a she's a the the wives I think are two are two worth two right so the, <laughs> yes I gotta I gotta be careful, um, <laughs> but uh, good man we we had a um, a fun pool day and a barbecue and it was uh, for the most part a uh, news and. and social media free day mm-hmm. besides some you know throwing pictures up of having a good time which you know everybody kind of does but sure it was fun and um it was a good break it's you know we were trying to get something scheduled i um my work life has 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 ramped up uh for the time being to yep. it's not a well, my semi-permanent thing, just the res- responsibilities, and we're, we're in the middle of a new. Uh, sorry for being ambiguous, but a new thing at work where it's right now taking a lot of time. So um, it was for me personally uh, a great break. As much as I love to sit here and just bullshit for an hour and a half with you, there's um, I know you have a lot of 
you do all the work on the back end of getting it up and and making it possible for people to listen to. Um, so I hope you, um, I, I'm always conscious of that and I hope you got a somewhat of a breather cause yeah, you know, I know when the first, when the, when the pandemic first hit, I often think of you because you guys, your whole work, you know, working for, for a large church, um, and people don't realize that that they probably don't go to church on what the production level is now. I mean, this isn't like you see in the old movies where you walk into wooden pews and there's a couple people in a choir and the pastor talks for six hours and then you leave sweating your balls off and (laughs) go back to your Sunday. This is, uh, you know, so it's an engaging church that is um, on the front line of technology, which helps make it intriguing and and compelling. So you're behind all that, uh, most of that, right? So when when the pandemic hit your your responsibilities not only shifted but probably fucking increased <laughs> yeah and now I, I often think of that as as that that's kind of happened in my line of work now so i i understand why you were um sometimes on the podcast uh when the camera wasn't on you breathing in a brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think too, like, and maybe you're experiencing this since your work ramped up too. Like my anxiety levels went from, you know, just normal to here and then back down and then up again. It's weird. Like, yeah, man. just, you know, and I think it's just learning new stuff and learning, um, you know, it's funny because like what we're doing now with the live streaming at church is right it's next to what I do. Like it's video, but yep. it's kind of like teaching calculus versus teaching algebra. It's all math, but it's not the same. Right. Right. <laughs> That's I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not that I passed any of those fucking classes. <laughs> right. Me, yeah. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny because, uh, when we, you know, we had Matt Miofsky on, who's your boss and the, the lead pastor. I think he's your boss. Um, yeah, definitely. He's everybody's he's my, boss. Yeah, he's my boss, too, because when he says something, I do listen for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I might try it the wrong way a couple of times, and then I'm like, yeah, that fucker was right. But <laughs> he he's a, he's like a math wizard. Oh, we yeah. We talked about that when we had him on the podcast. He's a, like a Wash U math major. And yeah. He, I, and my experience, I mean, I have I have not a whole lot of experience outside of this church, but that usually doesn't equate to a, a pastor or in a, um, I don't know, not to stereotype math major, but <laughs> I am. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So did you, did you see his show? He, he, no, he started, no. I, I, yeah, he, I didn't. You, you were mentioned something. What, he what started happened? a new thing. He's doing like, um, just a quick interview on like a half an hour interview on Wednesday nights. He was doing his, uh, devotion on, Instagram. So anyway, he, he's doing sort of a interview and he did one, his first one. And he asked me to help him. And I set him all up right here in this spot that I'm in with, with our gear. <laughs> I noticed, and, wait, I, I saw it because I saw he's wearing uh, the hat and I commented nice hat. Yep. He's wearing the Pondos anonymous hat. Yep. And, uh, he, his son, Caleb made fun of him for wearing a flat bill. <laughs> well, then I need to talk to Caleb because yeah. I wear it. You need to get Caleb a hat. That's a great point. He's <laughs> he's uh he's he's our number one stunner when it comes to to Charlie. So we see a lot of Caleb. Uh, yeah. 
we um we will we'll uh we'll have to get him a hat for sure, especially before he leaves for college, so he can yeah. support it down in uh, Springfield Mo and and tell all the his his college students when they're puking and and uh, and sick from alcohol poisoning that they can <laughs> check out our podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. I don't. I don't. That's so. That's great. I'll have to check that out. Um, and I, I, so I, I saw it for just a second. I was running crazy on Wednesday night, and because uh, I noticed his hat, and then I took a look, closer look. I'm like, that's a good looking microphone. Uh, and I didn't realize. I'm like, man, he. I wonder if they called our boils at at, at over in uh, over in Fairview at Heel Sound. I, Get you right? some Heil Sound, yeah. Is it is it Heil or Heel? It's Heil, Heil, yeah. Heil Sound. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, guys. Um, new to the sound game, but it's uh, all good. Yes, check out Steve over there. Give him a call. Yeah. Um, if you need uh, contact Dude, information, shoot us a note. Bob Heil was a, is is was is he's still alive? He's a legend in in the sound industry. Like he, uh, you ever heard? You ever seen like Joe Walsh or? Um, What's his name? Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi or uh, uh, Peter Frampton, where they make their guitar talk. Like they're like, wah, 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 wah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's like a talk box. And that dude, Heil, invented that thing. And all these no famous shit. guitarists uh, like have to have it. It's pretty cool. It's wild, man. That is I nuts. Know. There's a little inside baseball geeky time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. I like to learn, man. That's awesome. I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a music guy surface level. I, um, yeah. So always interested in hearing stuff like that, especially um for a unofficial you know, friend of the show. We'll call it. We're not a, you know, we don't have any sponsors, but they've donated gear. They're friends yep. of the show. So That's right. That's awesome, man. Um I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I sound a little nasally, right? Yeah, yeah. You hear that? Mhm. Well, shit, you're supposed to say no. I can't tell at all. Thanks a lot, fucking yeah, asshole. Sorry, but it's all right. <laughs> I'm just trying so, to be honest. We're trying to be keep it open and honest on this pod. <laughs> yes, sir. Always. I, 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 I bring that up because I had a little scare on 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 Thursday, oh, Wednesday no. night. I um came home from work Wednesday night. I then we went we went to Clayton site we to to meet the new new pastor um was yeah. a, a nice deal different um it's just so different still going there with with us not being able to still have church Yo. there because of everything but met charity goodwin um who's going to be the new site pastor at the gathering at the clayton site where where my wife and i go and, and son did all that got dinner afterwards uh came home after dinner I, I started noticing uh, I was getting a little coffee and uh, mm. you know scratching my throat which 90 you know I might know my body it's uh, I'm like shit I'm getting a sinus infection yeah but with everything going on it adds a whole fucking other layer right yep and I um, with uh, with this with the uh, project if you want to call it that that we have going on at work you know there's a lot of new people involved and you know, it's the last, you know, we don't, we just want to be transparent. And the last thing you want to do is make anybody uncomfortable or uh, obviously, you know, we take it very seriously. Sure. Um, and here you're, you're in my, what's going through my mind is I'm like, I, I'm 
shit. Like, I have to... I can't go in and, and like, not going to work right now is not an option. Uh, right. Because we're in the, in the middle of... You know, I'm not saying that, you know, illness happens, vacation happens. But for me personally, trying to get some things done, it's just the worst time to try to, to, to get sick, right? Yeah. And then you add all the all the anxiety on top of it. I'm like, shit, I have to... I can't go in there. I got to get, I, and I got to go get a test. Yep. Um, so I made some calls and I found a place and I went, got a test and I got the results real quickly and they're negative. Yeah, that's good. So I went Thursday morning and did that. And they stuck the thing up your nose. I mean, they, it was like getting a fucking prostate exam through my nose, brother. <laughs> was they it painful? First hand account. Let's hear it, Chris. What was it like to get the test? Um, I'm going to be dramatic because that's how I am about medical <laughs> shit. They they stuck this Q-tip that was the size of a Roman fucking candle up be, to behind my eyeball. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. But I'm a wussy. Me too. In, in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't anything. Um, I If I had to pick, like, just uh, when you go get blood or get blood test. And and I always tell like I played ice hockey my whole life, get my shit kicked out of me and punched in the face, and I can handle all that, right? Yeah. But when it comes to that little needle, I can't look at it. I have to <laughs> look for my mom's hand. I want to hide under the fucking table, hide from the nurse. <laughs> I I think I would probably take the needle over the 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 swab up the nose, but in the Ugh. grand just because it goes up there and it's so awkward but it's so quick like yeah you think they're up there for an hour and it's like literally a second um it was they were kind it was it was really a a, a simple procedure to get that done um, yeah uh and i like to add the dramatics because i'm a ba- big fucking baby when it comes to medical shit <laughs> um but yeah and you know i felt I, yeah, I get I get the test results. Um, I mean, rather rapidly, and and I get home. I, I you know we're all there was I I wasn't overly concerned um, right. because I had I know this feeling. Um, you, you know, you know your body, but there is that extra layer now, right? Yeah, and then the thought of going out in public and coughing or or any anything sounding like this talking to somebody yeah they're gonna look like you like if, if you know <laughs> you got the fuck i mean the, yeah it's crazy um so i i had to work i worked from home yesterday um or excuse me thursday and then yesterday i went into a uh to an office space that, that we have that's really um Secluded. There was nobody else in there because I had to get some some stuff done. And we're all careful with our with masks. We have um, safe policies because health and safety is number one priority at the place we work, and as it should be in, in uh, everywhere. And we we just powered through. But it's it's um, when you get because regular shit's going to happen to you. You're going to get sick. Right, you're gonna get mm-hmm. illnesses, and every time you do now, it's gonna be t- 
two layer two layers of of anxiety, right? It's gonna yeah. be the oh shit, is this fucking COVID? Yeah. And then once that goes away, if it does, let us pray. <laughs> it's gonna be man, I can't go out like so. We were supposed to have dinner uh, with some friends last night at Olive and Oak, and we had to cancel because it's just not. Yeah. You know, we told them everything up front and we were like, but we just don't want to go out and risk it. Um, because they all say, you know, and I, we tell this, at, we say this at work, if you're not feeling well, stay home, like for real. Right. And, and it's easy to say, but when it happens to you, it's like, man, but I got X, Y, Z to do. I got to get it done. And it's so hard to kind of take a step back and be like, I got to sure. home. So it was, uh, it was an interesting Wednesday night, Thursday, I was, um, and then Thursday night, obviously, that I, I, we sit down for dinner and we got just like Channel 5 news, um, which goes into the national news. And all, every story, like headline stories about how people are having trouble getting their test results back. And I'm like, well, <sighs> fuck, then I felt guilty. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, everybody who thinks they have Ashley, it needs a chance to get tested. I mean, you know, first thing Ashley said to me, she's like, mm, that's your privilege. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Well, so I got privileged on uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, that yeah. she she dropped that um, grenade right at dinner. So, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it was crazy. And now you know we have um, some things coming up this weekend that we're probably not really going to be able to do. But mm. uh, which is fine. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a whole nother layer when you have a fucking sniffle. You gotta, right. you gotta be safe, man. And and out there, I mean, it's anybody. You hear somebody sneeze or cough, you're like, shit. Avoid yeah. that person. Um, and or worse, I mean, you everybody sees all the craziness going on because those videos get shared. And right, I don't think I, I don't think they're a uh, accurate measurement of reality. I, I often feel that way about about the internet. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, but anyway, today, you know, just sharing that, I wanted to talk a little bit today, and I've been putting it off, uh, about, about foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason it's kind of fresh on my mind now is because a couple of things. First off, um, this weekend and Ash, Ashley and I have training on Saturdays for like every other Saturday for the next three weeks. It's part of uh, keeping up your license. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have, I think, 27 hours of training um, every year. And then there's mandatories, which is good. Um, yeah. Pain in the ass, but it's good. Learn a lot, meet a lot of people in these that then you share so I have a training after we do this. It's today's. It's we're doing this on Saturday morning. Um, you meet a lot of people that are that get it, quote unquote. That that get the struggles of that endeavor. Um, that's one reason. Another is uh, I was talking with somebody last night, even, and that works for yeah. A lot of people, right? Education's big on on everyone's mind. Yeah. And I talked to a person that works for uh, Children's Services. And, you know, the biggest reporter 
source for to children's services are fucking schools. Yeah. And with kids not being in school, it you know, the kids that are in in brutal situations they just lose a level of security um, and it's 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 a it's a heartbreaking thing and then she was talking about they're talking about laying off furloughing children's services workers so it's two i mean at the end of the day all these poor fucking kids are getting are getting other ones getting screwed over here they're they're losing uh not just the i mean school so much more than education for for a lot of kiddos man and they have now lost that level of security or and who knows when they'll get it back right with everything going on and will schools be open or not and then because kids are falling through the cracks now there's caseworkers and children's service employees that are being considered for for layoffs and furloughs and that shit that's that I mean that just it's heartbreaking stuff man yep we as as Ashley and I and 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 if you're listening and wondering where it ties into mental health and and addiction and alcoholism I'll get to that because it does for my personal story and it does because I don't want to put a percentage to it because it's it'll probably be inaccurate cuz I don't have it necessarily research the data for today's show but most if not all cases of children going into being removed from their parents into put into foster care are because of drug addictions and or severe mental health issues for the for the parents because if you're beaten or putting a fucking cigarette out on a child you're sick as fuck okay and you got to put that into the mental health so it does tie in here yeah for my personal story there's no way that i'd be in a position to put a roof over a kid's head had i not cleaned up my act and got sober so so that's how it ties in Mm -hmm. to be to be blunt about it and Ashley and I, and I could go show after show after show talking about this, and it's not a pat on the back or a, hey, look at me. This is a cry for help. The The system needs you. The system needs people to, A, needs a lot of things. It needs, if you're able, and you've ever talked about it with your wife, spouse, partner, whatever the fuck, if you've ever talked about it, talk more about it because we get texts daily about kids that need homes so if if you felt a nudge or as we've talked about before a call which is what Ashley got when she decided to do this this is me I'm not the saint here she is I just followed in her footsteps and and it's changed my life um, 100% for the better as hard as it's been for time at times, but I was led by her, and I'm so grateful for that every day that I wake up. What, what we, what, what this world needs, 
are 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 fixers, not identifiers. We have problems out there. We can all identify them, but we need fixers. We need people to be a solution. And you can be a solution in your own city, in your own backyard, and not worry about the the macro fix fix America or fix the whole state or fix the whole world, right? You can make a difference right in your own backyard if, if you get a call or you feel a nudge and you've, and you've ever considered becoming a, a foster parent. If, if Chris fucking Pondoff can be a foster parent, you can be a foster parent, okay? <laughs> Just that, that, that's, that speaks for itself. And I promise you it'll change your life for the, for the better. And I do promise you it'll be hard. But it's, it's needed. Um, another way you can help if that's not your course is there there are services out there um, places out there there's that that support foster parents and foster most importantly the foster kids um, there's a place in St. Louis on Brentwood called um, the Foster Care Coalition they uh, I think the place is called Refresh it's a store they have that takes donations and it's they have they take new they, they have new clothes they have all the things that you need um these kids and it's all quality stuff it's it's not the stuff we normally throw in a bag and take and drop off at goodwill um a friend of mine was saying that you know her son was her foster son was coming up on his senior prom and she went there, and they were able to find the nicest talks uh, for him. And and uh, the person that runs the store was like, you know, it's really on a pay-as-you-need-you-can type of basis. And the foster mom had, a, had money. It wasn't an issue, but the person was like, this is such a big day, you, you go. Um, and people end up for that particular kid it's a success story because now he is doing really good um i think he's in his 20s and he gives back to that place um so there's just so much stuff if you want if you need that you can do to help if 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 actually being a foster parent is something that you're not you don't feel that you can do um it and 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 please reach out on on this because we can point you in the right direction um there are causes out there. There's always need for more causes. That CASA, it's a court-appointed special advocate. Mm. And not every case gets one. So the court, once, once the child goes into the system, there's a court case opened um, and a team that follows that child. It includes the foster parents, a GAL, which is called a guardian, guardian ad litem that is the essentially it's a child's attorney so they defend the child from a legal standpoint and then there's if they're lucky they get a casa and a casa our charlie was lucky enough to have one is a guy or gal that is a volunteer strictly a volunteer um and advocates 100 percent for the child so though he would come over uh, excuse me his name was brian and We'll never forget him because he was just a fucking super guy. And he'd come over and 
hang out with Charlie for an hour. Ashley and I loved it because it gave us an hour break. We got to sit yeah. and just relax. They go out in the yard and play. And, and Brian, and there's some training that they have has, you know, checks in on the child. So and the child can eventually hopefully build some trust and confide in them. It's a check on the foster parents in, in, a, in a sense, which is great um, because, uh, you know, at, at first I was like, I was that typical, what, what, what's he got to, you know, yeah. But then I quickly realized how um, pri- uh, it was a privilege and, and he would then go in court and advocate for the child and um, on his behalf. So there's a shortage of causes. You can look it up, C-A-S-A. Um, that those are those are ways that that you can help, and it what not, not just so the third reason. It, it was because yeah, this training's like fresh on my mind. Um, the other parts of conversations we had, you know, with schools around schools and kids not being able to go back to school potentially, they missed a lot, um, and how it's more than an education system. The third reason that it's it's so fresh on my mind because probably because I'm sitting, I get balled up, but I get these texts. Ashley and I, you know, we're part of the foster parents group. The system sends us text messages. It's the it sounds unprofessional, right? But it's not because it's about expediency. When a kid needs a placement, we're all on this group text. It's a like a, a professional number. I, I say you know, not. It's called a home finding text, and they send it to you, and it says placement needed for seven-month-old baby boy and then it gives you the details Mm. and then you respond respond if you're available if your home's available right well i almost wish these texts that and i don't know if i can but they need i i wish they were public for everyone to see because they'll rip your fucking heart out um I mean, I don't care. I'm going to read one of them. Mm. So this was yesterday uh, at 11.05 in the morning, right before lunch. Placement needed today for a seven-month-old baby boy from St. Charles County. Being Being discharged today with multiple fractures in different stages of healing. We'll need emergency follow-up care at Cardinal Glennon. Please let us know if you're interested in placement. Text back to reply. Seven-month-old baby boy from St. Charles County being discharged today with multiple fractures in different stages of healing. So you're going about your day. You're doing your work. You're bullshitting around the water cooler. You're talking about uh, when sports are coming back and how much you miss hockey and all that shit. And then you get a text at 11.05 right before lunch that... A home is fucking needed for a seven-month-old baby that has had the shit kicked out of him, which is my leap, to where he's had multiple fractured bones over the course of his seven months. Mm. And it, and then, you know, if, if that baby's placed with you, then the, 
then they open the floodgates and all the details come flowing. So that's one of many we get. Uh, I would say on average it's at least one or two a day. And they don't, there's not enough available homes for for these kids. And that's just, so this is St. Louis City County, Jefferson County, St. Charles County. Um, that I that we get text for, and w- me being from St. Louis now, being registered in St. Louis, you know, for those of you listening in Illinois, I, I've heard it's very similar, this the system, um, but it's just as you get those and and you think mental health, and you think addiction, that's where I go. Um, yeah, maybe because it's what we do, and we're trying to help. So the the other way that that people can help is if if you're struggling and you are a parent, is by getting help, and by by reaching out and by realizing you can't do it on your own. And uh, and there ha- there are success stories in the foster care system. Well, you don't hear about them, but there are parents that have lost their child because of a drug addiction but have gotten it together and gotten their child back um we have a we ashley and i lead a once a month it's now on zoom sought foster parent group locally um and we've met so many great couples and it's 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 for our sanity because when you're in it you get it and it's hard to get it until you're in it um and one of the cup one of the one of our friends now she her her kid her placement got reunified because when you get a when you get a foster child, the the first and primary goal is to reunification for the court system is reunify this child with the, with his or her birth parent. Birth parents are best for the child to be with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um. So this this child this child's parent bio parent hit rock bottom. I would I would imagine not without knowing all the details and not divulging too much and picked herself up or himself and got it together and, and, and got his or her child back. Like, and then as as much trauma and that probably happened on both ends because I, um, for the, for the child first and then also for the bio parent to lose it, to lose a child to the court system. But we often say, and I learned from, I learned from this Jesus stuff, and from from Matt Miofsky that your lowest point isn't your final point, it isn't your last point. That there's hope that you can, you can get sober, you can get help for your for mental health. Um, there's people that want to help, um, and we're. Some of them we can you start with us and I'll try to push you in the right direction and get you to where you need to go. Um, 
we've done it for people in the past since we started this podcast and it's all behind the scenes stuff and but it's it's working it's why we keep doing it we're not yeah you may have noticed that we're not uh we're not talking about you if you've come to us on this podcast right so if you come to us we're not going to talk about you very good point jeff yeah you're exactly right we we i mean it's this a podcast is fun to do people do it for fun um and and it is fun but jeff and i's we were doing this because and continuing to do it and continuing to you know spend money to to run it because it's actually it's helped some people so mm. if you're yeah i mean if you're a parent and you're struggling and i and trust me this i could not parent my child effectively if i was still living the life i was living before i got sober um and I tried. I, I had um, uh, my last my my ex before I got sober. My last relationship before I went to rehab, you know, had two kids, and one of them lived with us, and everything was was okay, but it wasn't great. I mean, you know, and I'll just give you my routine. I would work and then come home and then I'd have a drink like I'd sip on a drink we'd have dinner right all was good um normal fucking leave it to beaver shit and then he'd uh, you know we'd bath in bedtime at seven thirty eight. as soon as he was in bed I would start making my single drink I would then I would I would let loose mm. and I would by the time I fell asleep I was pretty much in the bag and I've said this before you know what if he woke up in the middle of the night with a severe medical emergency we had to get him to the fucking hospital you know you don't think about that shit yeah. when you're drinking my, to, in my mind it was okay because he was in bed right. right Um, or on the weekends you know we'd be barbecuing and drinking all day or whatever and and you know, you don't you you don't think about what you never think about the oh shit scenarios, man. What happens if something happens and we have to be somewhat coherent to make a emergency decision? And and I'll tell you, a lot of people that well, my my wife or my husband that's not drinking as much will do it, will handle it, or we'll call a grandparent. Mm. Or, a, you might not have that much time, and B. That wasn't the situation I was living in. You know, my ex was just as fucked up as I was. So, who, you, you, we provided, we loved, and you just don't, you don't think about that stuff. And, and it's uh, embarrassing to talk about because mm. when you're in, suffering from the disease, you, like, it's how your mind thinks, oh, he's in bed, he's safe. I can now have a shot and make these drinks stronger and from 8 to 10.30, just lay one fucking on, man. Right. And and thank God we got to, you get away with it, you know. But there's always that, that issue where, or that chance that, that worst case happens. 
and yeah. next thing you know you're too fucked up to make a coherent decision in a time of panic or you can't drive a kid to a hospital and you got to wait on an ambulance yeah I, who knows it's just it's all real life stuff man and and it's it, it's not something that I want to be ashamed of I want to living in shame is a is a real tough um, I think that's the enemy mm-hmm. but recognizing it and and then meeting people where they're they are because I'm not coming at you fucking judging you man or whoever's listening and in that spot like I can meet you where you're at because I've been there what I ask for you to do is just listen you you have to listen and people need to that's the hardest part and it's they often say that like denial right is because it's just you shut down the listening mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I have all the answers to life but I've been there and then I've gotten through it and I can uh, offer you the tips and the way that, that worked for me and, and now I'm able to to be a uh, halfway decent parent. I have a lot of room for improvement. Um, but I have a measuring stick of what was not so good of a parent. <laughs> and that yeah. was me six plus years ago. So what I ask is for for if you're struggling... Um, and you're a parent, I I don't ask anything. I just want to talk to you. I want to tell you that there's so much hope. Hope is not lost. Things can get better. It is possible. Um, I'm walking, living proof of that. Your children are resilient. They are... They they should all, all almost be educators to us grown ups because they don't have all the bullshit baggage with them yet. They're they're the quickest to forgive. They pursue. They just want to be happy and pursue happy and fun. They want to. It's all they want to do is be happy and and have fun. Like to to fucking live like that, right? To just want to be happy and yep. pursue it at all costs. And be so quick to forgive and be resilient to to heal and, and love. Like, that's what kids are made up of, man. So if you're listening and you, you think there's an issue and you need help for it, I, I promise you, your, 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 your child's going to love you even more for it if you make, if you, if you make the call or you reach out and you admit that you don't have it all figured out and that people are out there to help that they can help and and that's wisdom and that's fucking courage and that's fucking balls so so that's basically what I wanted to to kind of get off my chest today and and I could go on and on Jeff um, on this and, and and maybe I'll have you know we will line up some people to talk about it too. Yeah. I mean, just me. 
Um, heard we have a uh, mutual friend who's just started the training. So yes, um, that's exciting. It's if we're talking if we're talking about the same person, she. Yep. Uh, it's going to just be uh, amazing at yeah. it. And we just, yeah. And it, and I understand it's not for everybody. That's why I laid out ways to, 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 if it's your, if you're feeling a nudge to impact it with, uh, because it is a hard fucking job. I mean, you, there's some, there's some kids that have so much trauma, um, mm. And you, that requires you to, to get, to sit with them in it. And it's all, you got to sit with them in it. You, and, um, you know, at the, at the first, the first night is about a roof, a belly full and just love, right? You got, these kids are entitled to that. Mm-hmm. And then as the days and weeks string together, then it, it, it you got to sit with them in it. And the one thing I've learned through this, through this foster care system is that and through all the training the and you and help support other parents and with their children and their cases is that I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we understood childhood trauma even when I was growing up the way that we do now and I'm just going to put this out there if if somebody breaks in let's say if somebody breaks into your house while you're there they they break into your house, they they realize you're home, and then they run out. That say that happens. To most of my, to a lot of my friends, with kids. That would be. That that incident, would be. A a brutal ordeal, a traumatic ordeal. Their house got broken into. They all got woken up. Their kids were panicked, freaked out, and the all, the person broke in and ran away because somebody was home. That, let's say that it's a couple with a, one kid. Kids four or five. That and that kid saw the person break in and run away the kid would be terrified and, and trauma would be would develop and would brew from that incident and that kid won't forget it and hopefully that couple that this is not this is a completely hypothetical I'm not there's seriously but let's say that that couple that had that kid would probably try to talk to someone because they also would be traumatized. That would be a traumatic ordeal for them. Talk to someone and help them deal with their trauma and try to heal from a traumatic event. Yeah. 
let's say take that incident place it in a a place like North City or East St. Louis, a poverty-stricken, predominantly African-American neighborhood, and, and present that scenario of trauma, it wouldn't even register. The, with, the, with the crime rates and the violence and the poverty that scenario I just presented wouldn't even be a bl blink of the eye I don't think on on the trauma it, it, you know that whole saying hold my beer right yeah so imagine that four or five year old that I just spoke of having seen that times however much shit that they've already seen traumatic gunfire break-ins fights uh, issues with police officers and then that child doesn't get checked out their childhood trauma. Uh, ever. And then grows up to be a teenager. Picture that. And how can we help? That's all I got. Let us pray. If you're struggling or know someone that is, please, please have them check out our podcast and reach out to Chris or me. We want to listen and we're super eager to help. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram.